2: Thank you so much for tuning in to Locked On Auburn. A crazy amount of you guys have. It's probably going to be our best week ever. So thank you, uh, thank you so much for tuning in and doing that. I'm Zach Blackerby. I'm solo today. I am going to play a lot of Kevin Steele audio. So get ready for that. We'll talk about early, uh, our early signing day yesterday. We're in that period. Um, Auburn will also get a guy tomorrow officially, and then we'll talk about coaching search stuff as well as um, Mark Anthony Richards entering the transfer portal. And uh, as far as coaching stuff goes, I think we'll have a good idea by the end of the day today. I've been off with this whole timeline, but um, I think I've got good reasoning as far as what on the Oregon side of things with Cristobal. If nothing happens today, I think it's actually a pretty good sign for Auburn getting Mario Cristobal. All right, so Kevin Steele, he is uh, Auburn's head coach currently, the interim head coach. And as always, the head coach comes out and talks about the signing day period. And so he was uh, the guy yesterday. He talked about the impact on the recruiting process and, of course, the change. Here's his opening statement, or at least the first half of his opening statement.
1: Uh, this is an exciting day for Auburn. Uh, I'd, I'd like to address kind of – THE RECRUITING PROCESS AND SOME UNIQUENESS OF THIS PROCESS, I THINK PROBABLY THE BIGGEST THING WAS, YOU KNOW, Auburn IS A, a FAMILY PLACE, uh, IT'S BUILT ON FAMILY AND, and THE CHALLENGES OF RECRUITING. Uh, without being able to bring prox- prospects to the Auburn campus so they can feel Auburn because Auburn is very much about the feel once you get here. And this year, uh, we had to go through the process. The staff had to recruit virtually. Uh, we could not bring them to uh, the campus. And that was a challenge because Auburn sells itself when you get them on campus. So that that uh, had some effect on, on, on the recruiting process. We adjusted best we could, and then, of course, uh, uh, the, the fact that the change happened uh, a couple of days before signing date was a big challenge for the staff um, in its own right and that uh, recruiting without a head coach to the, the final three days to sign a date was a, certainly a challenge uh, with that uh, and that brings me to a point I, I think uh, I'd be remiss if I did not say that uh, You know, we appreciate Coach Malzahn, what he did for Auburn University, Uh, the staff, the players, uh, appreciate his leadership, they appreciate uh, the way that that he he led this program and and treated us uh, while he was here, and we wish he and his family nothing but the best.
2: So, uh, something we've talked about throughout, you know, folks talking about this recruiting process, and you know, he talks about the feel, not being able to get guys on campus being an impact, and it's... um, I don't think there's any question there. I don't think there's any question about that. And then, of course, uh, the nice comments he said about Gus Malzahn. He talked about the offensive line, said it took the hardest hit. Here is what he said. Uh, the offensive line probably
1: took uh, the, the biggest hit. No question. If, 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 if you could say that, in that we signed uh, Garner uh, Langlow from uh, Trinity Christian in Florida, and, uh, our Trinity Catholic, um, in Florida, he uh, he stood in the paint.
2: Yeah, you know, he said stood in the paint. Then he kind of transitions and goes on this little thing about how all of the guys that you have in this class are the guys that you want in the fourth quarter of the Iron Bowl because they're tough and resilient and stood with Auburn. So, um, nice coach speak there. Garner Langlow 6'7". I mean, that is a huge, huge dude. And, you know, some of the coaches talking about that, I mean, he's going to probably play at over 300 pounds when he gets to Auburn. and So that's um, that's awesome. Hey, they can recruit guards. They've done a good job recruiting guards. I think it's going to continue here. Um, talked about losing one to another school and one guy's holding to see who the next head coach will be. And then he talked about tight ends. This may have been the most promising thing he said in the whole presser.
1: Uh, we signed both tight ends and Landon King and Grant uh, uh, Calcaterra, uh the transfer from Oklahoma. So we, we got both of those in the
2: boat. And we talked about both of these guys as Auburn earned their commitment. Landon King from Texas, six five two twenty. 220. That kind of gives you the size and the versatility to do a few different things. And he's got the frame where I think you could put more weight on him if you wanted him to be a bulkier tight end. But at 6'5", 220, I mean, you could be a really big slot. We've seen that, like a C.J. Uzama type guy or uh, maybe even a Sal Canella. Uh, I I think that'd be... That'd be a fun thing to see in this offense, whatever kind of offense Auburn runs. And then uh, Grant Calcaterra, uh, Oklahoma transfer, and and I think there's a guy there that's exciting. In uh, 33 games with Oklahoma, caught 41 passes for over 630 yards. But I think that is – I think that's exciting. I think that's exciting. That's one of the things that I think Auburn fans should be most excited about with this class. Um, Other skill positions – and uh, after this, he talked a lot about Demetrius Davis, the quarterback. We've talked about him a ton. I didn't really dive into him because there's a uh, there's an approach I want to have um, as far as his conf- uh, press conference in a second. But here, here's the other skill positions. Talks a lot about how Presley, the wide receiver, the
1: running back um, that that uh, we had committed is, is chose to hold till we till we get a head coach. Uh, in the wide receiver position, we, 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 Hal Presley came aboard uh, from, from Mansfield uh, Summit in Texas. Uh, very, very good football player, electric with the, with the ball in his hand, good strong hands. Um, and, and we feel very good about him. We have another young man that, that chose to, to wait.
2: All right. So, yeah, then he, he, trans, he transitions in to talk about Demetrius Davis and uh, obviously very excited. A lot of the reporters' questions were about... Davis and uh, what kind of player he is. Obviously, the sky's the limit for a guy like Davis, so that's exciting. In just a second, I want to talk about the issue with Auburn's program and where Auburn currently is right now, and I really don't see a clear-cut way to get out of this hole, so we'll talk about that in just a second. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at Coors Light. Do You always feel like you're always on. Everything is go, go, go. It certainly has seemed that way this week, and Coors Light recognizes... When you just need to relax and chill. And Coors Light is the beer made to chill. They understand no matter what kind of sport you're watching, it is uninterrupted me time, or at least it should be. And Coors Light makes that a little bit easier. Mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, cold packaged. It is literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind, so when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado.
0: It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one-selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's
2: KubotaOrangedays.com. All right. Continuing on our Kevin Steele presser breakdown, he, uh, he talked about the defensive line.
1: Then on defense, uh, the defensive line, we signed four, Uh, Marquise Robinson from Milton, Florida, Uh, Lee Hunter from Blount, Alabama, Uh, Tabichi Okoli from uh, Lincoln Prep in Missouri, and uh, Ian Matthews from uh, uh, Pacelli, uh, Georgia. So the four D linemen, and we will be adding uh, another D lineman on Friday. So that will be five.
2: All right. So that sounds great. And then here's what he said next. And this is where we are when you look at Auburn as a program. To me. And Auburn fans, you know, all the folks that were pro-fire Gus, and even the ones that were, like, wanted to keep Gus, it doesn't matter. Whoever the next head coach is, whether it's Kevin Steele, whether it's Mario Cristobal, whether it's Napier, it doesn't matter who it is. Whoever it is is going to be fighting an uphill battle because – Auburn is at the point where they have to say stuff like this day one in the early signing period. Here's what Steele said, talking about the defensive line,
1: which leads me to a point that is an option, possibly for the for the next uh, for the next uh, leader, is that we have a lot of linemen, particularly defensive linemen, on the team. Uh, there's been programs in the past. I've been part of programs in the past where. There's been successful moves from defense to offense. In fact, we played with two on offense this year that were originally defensive linemen, and that's not any specific person. It's not anybody having anybody in mind, but that is an option to uh, expedite the development and the process in the offensive line and fill some voids uh, that could be an option for somebody if, if they chose to go
2: that direction. What? What? This is your early national signing day press conference. You were talking about guys that are going to be excited to be a part of this program, that you are excited to be a part of this program. You you talk highly of the 12 guys there, as you should. And I think the guys at Auburn got are good players. It's just I, I think they need more of them. And the fact that they held on to all the guys that they did in the current circumstances with not having a head coach is impressive in its own right. So I'm not nitpicking at that at all. We knew this going into it. But on your press conference, as the man that is currently the leader of Auburn football, coming out and saying, we got this great defensive line class, we're really happy with it, but it's even better because we may can move them to offensive line. And he's been in with the programs in the past and Auburn's done in the past few years. And it's just, no, recruit offensive linemen. Get them on campus. And I get COVID's like, it impacted a ton of things. And it may have impacted Auburn more than other schools because of the feel that Kevin Steele talked about at the, uh, his opening statement. And I'm okay with that. But, man, you've got to do whatever you can to get these offensive linemen to commit to you. And uh, the fact that it's just you're publicly like, yeah, we may have to move defensive linemen to play offensive line. That's not good, guys. That's not good. How many other teams in the SEC are talking about this? The top schools aren't. The schools that are ahead of you right now, Alabama, Georgia, Florida, Texas A&M, LSU, they're not saying stuff like this in their early National Signing Day press conference. They're not. If they are, send it to me because I didn't find it. I think this is a big deal because of the, the whole personnel issue. And it's like, that's clearly a weakness over the past, you know, five or six years. After 2015, really after 2014, the offensive line became a pretty big weakness of Gus Malzahn offenses. Now, over the stretch last year, it's like they were finally getting their footing and then somebody would get hurt. And obviously that's an issue. But then you need depth. You need more than five good offensive linemen in an SEC season. That's just the way it is. And the whole, you know, we did that last year situation. Alec Jackson should never be your left tackle. And I'm not hating on Alec Jackson. He, he committed to Auburn to play defensive line. They moved him over. Tayshawn Manning's done okay moving him over. And then Prince Tega. I mean, Prince Tega is a success story. If you want to hold that, you certainly can. Because you look at Prince Tega, and you could tell he had it. He just never was able to put it all together. The NFL wanted Prince Tega. They drafted Tega. He's a fifth-round pick. They're not drafting Alex Jackson or Tayshawn Manning. Right now. Now, I think you made the argument Tayshawn Manning could be exciting next year. We'll see. Uh, you know, as exciting as a guard play, uh, guard play can be. I, I, I just, th- this was really, really weird to me. And when I saw, I read the transcript first before I watched the presser just because I wasn't able to watch it uh, live. And at first I'm like, is he throwing shade on Gus? And then I watched am like, no, no, he's serious. And I, I just, I, I don't think this is a good sign, guys. I really don't. Let me know if I'm overreacting, 205-502-4285. But I just feel like this is a problem. This is where we are. And I don't think it's good. You need offensive linemen to win the SEC. Uh, he talked about fallout in the class. He's really happy with the 12 guys. That's, that's it. That's, that was the takeaway. Those are all the takeaways that I got from this press conference. Oh, man. All right. Uh, we'll talk about other things happening uh, with Coaching Search and Transfer Portal stuff next, right here on Locked On Auburn. It's
0: Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one-selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3300 off select compact tractors. See the details at kabotaorangedays.com. Your family, your land and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's kabotaorangedays.com.
2: So moving forward with all of this, let's um, let's touch on the news bit before we jump into where we are with the coaching search, but Mark Anthony Richards Auburn's running back, has entered the transfer portal, and I think this is a bummer. I thought Armani Goodwin saying, eh, I'm probably not signing with you, Auburn, would have been enough to keep him on campus. And so they went from having a pretty deep room to now it's just Tank Bixby and Sean Shivers, and Shivers is tweeting out cryptic stuff where it's like, okay, and Shivers has done this before. If you remember, he actually called me out um because he like deleted all of his Auburn picks and I'm like that's interesting and he called me out for it but I um I think it's going to be um interesting to see what they do moving forward and it's just like all right thank goodness Tank is you know the bell cow but you need backup running backs as Auburn saw this year so uh, Mark Anthony Richards. I think that's actually going to impact Auburn more than um, <clears throat> more than I thought it would. If you would have told me that a few months ago, uh, as far as the coaching search goes, Oregon trustees they are having a meeting Thursday, which is today. I'm recording this early Thursday morning to discuss the Cristobal deal. I think uh, I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens today. If I mean if if we go into the Pac-12 championship game tomorrow night, Friday night and he has not signed an extension, I think he's Auburn's next head coach. And there's now rumors circulating, whether you're on Reddit or Twitter or message boards, it doesn't matter, it's everywhere, but it's, Auburn was ready to offer the deal to Cristobal on Monday, and then the whole Pac-12 Washington backing out and saying, okay, Oregon, you can play in the Pac-12 championship against USC, that really messed up the timeline. And I think if Cristobal would have been hired on Monday, assuming all of this is true, I think Auburn looks better on an early signing day yesterday than they did with, uh, with, no, uh, with no head coach, especially on the offensive line front because offensive line guys really, really love Cristobal. You can argue he's the best at recruiting offensive line talent in the entire country. And uh, circling back to you know the, the, the mini rant that I just had, Auburn needs that more than any program in college football. So I think it's a match made in heaven. I have fully sold myself on Mario Cristobal. I still think there'd be a few options that would be better, but I don't think they're realistic. Lane Kiffin, I, I don't think it's realistic. Steve Sarkeesian, I think it's slightly more realistic than Kiffin. Um, and then I-, I-, I think it's Cristobal Steel or uh, I-, I-, I don't know. I haven't really heard any buzz with Napier, which means it may be him. That's a joke. I, I, I really think it's going to be Chris the ball or Steele. Um, Freeze put himself out of the running because some like high schooler tweeted at uh, clay Travis and was like, Auburn doesn't want him. And he responded back <laughs> saying good. It's like you freeze. What are you doing? It's hilarious. It's absolutely hilarious. This coaching search has been bonkers. It's been very wild. But, yeah, I think, I think after this, uh, I believe the meeting is at noon central time. So if, uh, if, if they come out of that and they offer him an extension and he accepts it, obviously that's over. But I think there's a real chance and nothing happens before the Pac-12 championship game. And if that's the case, I think Auburn's in a really, really good spot to get their guy, which it seems like their guy all along, has been Mario Cristobal. And that'd be a whole lot of fun. Reports coming out that his wife doesn't like living in Eugene. He's from the southeast, kind of if you want to count Florida there. I mean, he's a Miami guy, but he's recruited the state. I, I really, really think he makes a whole lot of sense. And it seems like he's Alan Green's guy, based on reports and rumors that have kind of trickled out. And it, it really, really could be a match made in heaven. What he's best at, which is recruiting offensive linemen and developing them, is what Auburn needs more than anything. And he's going to be able to come in, assuming he's here, assuming he's Auburn's next head coach. He's going to be able to come in and say right away, like, okay, once this bunch graduates, I don't have anything behind them. So, hey, you know, top 50th ranked tackles, hey, we can start you day one. Like, you've got a really real chance to start day one. Or you can go to these JUCO tackles and say, "Hey, you know, let's let, let's get you on campus." Even though the JUCO tackles that are currently on campus didn't get a whole lot of playing time, but I just I really feel good about the future of this program if it's Mario Cristobal. I've uh, I've really come around on that. We'll see. We will see what happens. Let us know what you think 205-502-4285. Also, join our Discord. I will put the link to the Discord in the episode description down below. I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on this final topic, but Saturday Down South, uh, I'm sure you guys saw it. If you guys surf the web at all or plugged in at all, I'm sure you guys saw this. They uh, Saturday Down South published an article, the headline, with Gus Malzahn out, don't expect Bo Nicks to start another game at Auburn. <laughs> oh my goodness. And the whole article is about how bad he is on the road and how bad he is against good teams, which is fine. You could definitely make that argument. But it's like they didn't finish the article. Connor O'Gara wrote it. He didn't finish the article. Because he's just like, all right, that's it. He's bad against good teams and on the road. And it's like, well, what's the alternative? Like, who's starting then? You didn't build up D. Davis? You didn't build up Grant Loy, my boy? You didn't build up Sawyer Page, the great? I... I What's the what's the rest of the argument? Connor. Connor, you didn't finish your article. <laughs> he does end it with a new comfort zone awaits. Get out of here. Get out of here with that. Bo Nix is Auburn starter next year. I don't care who the head coach is. Uh, it's just, who, who else is it? D. Davis is going to be a very good player, but I don't think he's ready day one. I think he needs to develop a ton more as a passer. We had Keith Nieber with Auburn Undercover on. Um back when D. Davis was competing in the opening. I think it was the opening. And it's like he was one of the worst passers there, but that was expected. He's dynamic with his feet, and over time in college, he's going to develop as a passer, and that's okay. That's okay. And hopefully you get a coach that can kind of game plan around that. I think, I hope, I hope that'll happen. We'll have to see. We will have to see. All right, today's show is all over the place. I apologize. Thank you guys so much for supporting this week. We've gotten into the top 30 of all sports podcasts in iTunes, which is crazy. There's like a million podcasts, sports podcasts, and we got in the top thirty this week. I mean, that is phenomenal. That is crazy. Thank you guys so so much. It's been very very cool, um, and we'll hopefully keep going strong until we find our new head coach. And I think we'll know soon. It may not be official till midday Saturday. Um, that's kind of what the reports are now, but we'll have to see. Follow me on Twitter at Z Black, and Follow Follow show on Twitter at uh, Locked On Auburn, and on Instagram at Auburn Podcast. We'll be back tomorrow. Justin Ferguson will join us for a Ferg Friday right here on Locked On Auburn.
0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.